We said that in this great revelation of God, John saw the book, God's divine plan. And we'll get through all of that someday. But he saw the divine plan of God for the ages. And let me just say this briefly. God's plans are not going to be spoiled by the devil. What God said, he is able to perform. And so he saw the book. He saw God's divine plan. Then we we preached for several weeks. And man, we got a glimpse of Jesus. He saw the beloved, God's divine person. But I won't tell you, I enjoyed preaching out of chapter 1. On our lovely Lord Jesus. What a sight to behold. And he saw the beloved. God's divine person. But remember I want to preach a couple of messages. On John saw not only the book. He not only saw the beloved. But John saw the bride. The church. And when he saw the book. That was God's divine plan. When he saw the beloved. That was God's divine person. But when he saw the bride. That's God's divine people. He saw the church. You say, who is that? He saw all of us that have trusted Christ as our Savior. And been regenerated by the Holy Spirit. And washed in the blood of the Lamb. He saw us. He saw the people of God. And no other book in the Bible gives us a glimpse of the bride, the church, God's divine people. Like the book of the Revelation. Begin in chapter 2 and chapter 3. We'll cover that later. He saw the church in distress. He saw the church going down through the different ages of church history. From the time it's birthed in Holy Ghost power, where he's walking in the midst of the golden candlesticks, till it's engulfed in the Laodicean apostasy, where he's standing on the outside of his church wanting to get back in. And he saw the church in distress. He saw it battling through the ages. And God's church has battled the world, the flesh, the devil, false doctrine, apostasy throughout the ages. But again, the last promise he made to the church, even in a Laodicean apostate state, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in and I'll sup with him and he with me. Did you know God is anxious to invade the church again and Holy Ghost power and his divine presence? And he saw the church in distress. Later on, we're going to see how the church is delighted. And we'll see how the church is dressed. And we'll see how the church is dedicated to its beloved And the marriage supper of the Lamb. We'll see how the church dines at the table of the Lord. But I want to come briefly this morning to chapter 4 where he saw the church delivered. He saw the church delivered. He saw the role of the church in chapter 2. He saw the revelation of the church in chapter 3. But he sees the rapture of the church in chapter 4. You say, well, in my Bible study, I I don't put the rapture at chapter 4. Well, we are today, because I'm the teacher and I'm the preacher. And we'll let you preach the way you see it today at 2.30 while we're down at the lunch place having a, a time. But this has got to be the rapture of the church. Because after chapter 4, the church is missing. 
You don't see it again. The chapter 19, when it comes back in power and glory with our great beloved. The church delivered. Now we believe the coming of the Lord, the, the epiphia, the appearance of our Savior is, a, is in a twofold stage. He will come like First Thessalonians 4 talks about, in the clouds to receive the Christian. And at the end of the seven-year tribulation period, the time of Jacob's trouble, he will come not for his saints, but with his saints to set up the kingdom and to rule and to reign. And, and I thank God for those special promises. And all of the signs, all of the figures that point toward the second coming of Christ, the epiphia, is pointing towards his revelation. When he comes to, in power and glory to set up his kingdom. And you say, well, what about that rapture part? There are no signs for that. Because that is in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. So I'm telling you that to say this. All the signs that we're seeing fulfilled are signs that's going to happen after the rapture, after the coming of the clouds, after the removal of the saints. And if we're already seeing signs, that's going to happen after our removal, after the rapture, the return. My soul above. We must be on the very threshold of the sounding of that trumpet and the splitting of that eastern sky. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew 14, he said, watch Israel, watch them, watch their history, watch what I'm doing in their life, and you'll know that my coming is soon at the door. And I don't have time to get into that this morning, but Ezekiel 38 and 39 predicts that all the nations of the world will come against that little group of people right there. And just when everybody thinks they've lost, God puts a hook in their jaw. And they look on him who they've pierced. And they receive him as their Messiah. But I'm glad I'd done that a long time ago. Amen. I didn't wait for the king wearing a crown. I accepted a Savior wearing a crown of thorns. And ladies and gentlemen, we are on the threshold of the soon return of Jesus Christ. And the rapture of the saints of God. Let's read about what John saw about this catching away. How it corresponds with 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. And I'm going to read you this verse. And I don't normally read my sermon to you. But I wrote something I want to read to you. So let me read the text. Let me read something to you. Then I'll throw it all away and preach like a wild man. Revelation chapter number 4 and verse number 1. After this. Now, if you don't get that, you're going to be messed up in your eschatology. You're going to be all confused. But after this, after this what? After the church age, after the end of the church age, after this, I looked. And behold, here's one of the 27 times and 22 chapters he uses this attention-getting word. And by the way, whenever he says, behold, and you behold, you're not disappointed. Behold, a door in heaven, a door was open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a what? Trumpet. Talking with me, which said, say this with me, come up hither. 
the trumpet was a call to come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be, and notice, here after. In verse number 2, And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven. And beginning at the end of verse 2 down to verse number 11, he describes what he sees when he gets to heaven. And what we're going to see when we leave this world, we will see the throne, and we will see it occupied. Guess by who? Hallelujah. The Lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the world. Not the victim, but the conqueror of Calvary sits high upon the throne. And the reason why I'm so emphatic that I believe this is the rapture because of the word come up hither. That corresponds with First Thessalonians chapter number 4. Where it said, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. Caught up. There's going to be a snatching. There's going to be a catching. There's going to be a coming to. There's going to be a coming up. There's going to be a calling out to the church, to the body, the building, the bride of Christ when Jesus comes. And I believe that is what we call the rapture. Before I read some more, let me just get something off my chest. A fellow told me one time, he said, you shouldn't use the word rapture because the word rapture is not in the Bible. I said, okay, but let me ask you this. Do you use the word Trinity? He said, I sure do. I said, do you believe in the Trinity? I sure do. I said, well, what is your definition of the Trinity? He said, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I said, you're right. But I hate to bust your bubble. The word Trinity is not in the Bible. He said, but I believe in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I said, I do too, but the word Trinity is not in the Bible. He said, but it means triune. I said, I know what it means, but it's not in the Bible. But he said, I believe it. I said, okay. Rapture means to be called up. It ain't in the Bible, but catching up's in the Bible. So I believe in the rapture. And I went on to say this. Mother's Day ain't in there either, but you better not forget it. And I hear some old nodhead husband say right now, Well, she ain't my mother. You're going to get treated awful cold if you don't adopt your wife to be your mama at the same time. Because she feels like you're her child anyway. We're going to have a riot or revival before this day's over with. Your pastor's wife. I know y'all think she's innocent, but that woman can be serious. She used to tell people, I have three children. Joseph, Joanna, and Brother Joe. But ladies and gentlemen, I believe that catching up is in the Bible. I I tell you what I'll do. I'll be fair with you. Don't call it rapture. If that bothers you, just call it getting out of here. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is coming in them clouds. And he's going to shout. 
And those that are saved are leaving this world. Let me read this to you. October the 4th was just the other day, 2.20 in the afternoon. Technically, it was 2.18.1. The government was early for some reason. October the 4th, 2023 at 2.20 or 2.18 in the afternoon, every phone, every TV, every radio in the United States of America got an alert. It was to test our national emergency alert system. It was called WEA, Wireless Emergency Alert, that dealt with our cell phones. It was called EAS, Emergency Alert System, for our television and radio stations. Now, it says it was just a test. And nothing happened. I don't think anybody got turned in any worse than they were before they answered their telephone. And I want to say nothing happened. Thank God. I don't know what your message read, but my message read this. No action needed. In other words, it was just a test. Nothing happened and there was no action needed. And I'm glad. But I'll be honest with you, when all that was going on, I had this feeling in my heart, all hell's about to break loose around here somewhere in some shape, form, or fashion. And within two days, Israel is overwhelmed with 5,000 rockets from Hamas. Now, I said all that to say this. One day, at an hour as you think not, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, not on the TV, not on the radio, and not on our cell phone, but there will be another emergency alert. Not on the phone, not on the TV, not on the radio, but in the clouds. The trump of God will sound, and something will be happening. And no action will be needed because it will be too late to take any action. That action was already taken when we bowed on our knees and cried holy and accepted our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, when that emergency alert takes place, the sounding of the trumpet, you won't need to do any action because it's too late for the action. If you're saved, the action has already took place when you acted out and trusted Christ as your Savior. And if you're not saved, it'd be too late to do anything about it then. You say, well, doesn't the Bible teach that there be some folks saved during the tribulation period? Yes, but it'll be people born during the tribulation. It'll be people that had never heard the gospel. So if you're here today and you're here the gospel, you're not going to be one of them thousands of thousands that believes and here's the gospel of the tribulation. You reject it before the rapture, you will not hear it preached again. And I wonder if there's anybody here today, you're glad when you heard the gospel preach, you took some action. 
When the sovereign God of heaven spoke to your heart and through the Holy Spirit wooed you to Calvary, aren't you glad you took some action? You say, what action did you take? I trusted Jesus Christ. I believed the gospel. I claimed the blood and I called upon the name of the Lord. And the action took place. What kind of action? God actually saved my soul. Through the actual blood of Christ, through the actual wound of the Holy Spirit, and He actually wrote it in the actual book. And some actual day, He's coming back to get somebody that's actually saved, and I'm actually ready, and beyond, I'm actually glad about it. Thank God. We're going to get an alert, but it won't be a fake one. It'll be a real one. It'll be that voice that splits the sky and opens the door and says, Come up hither. Let me give you three things according to the Bible that's going to take place when that trumpet sounds. Number one, ladies and gentlemen, the Savior will return. He's not coming back necessarily the first time to put His feet on the earth. He will do that. But He will come in the cloud. That's where we will meet Him in the air because He's coming back in the clouds. Remember a few weeks ago, Revelation 1-5, Behold, He cometh with clouds. That shouldn't surprise any of us who have studied the Word of the Lord because when He gave His commandments on Sinai, He was enshrouded in a cloud. When He led the children of Israel through the wilderness, He did that. By a cloud. When he recognized the blood on the day of atonement, he did that by a cloud. When he appeared in his glorified form on the transfiguration in Matthew 17, that was a white and shining cloud. When he ascended back into heaven, a cloud received him out of their sight. And Paul to the Hebrew writer said, even today we have a great cloud of witnesses. And one day he's coming back in and with the clouds of glory. Walk outside and if you see any beautiful puffy clouds today, take assure that one day he'll be riding on that cloud and the Savior will return. He has promised that. And God has always kept His promises. In fact, it is so sure this morning, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus said to the disciples in John chapter number 14, If it were not so, I would have told you. And I know you're not supposed to mess with the Bible, but I'd like to mess with it and say, If it were not so, He wouldn't have said it in the first place. You can't always believe what a politician says. And sad to say, you can't always believe what a preacher says. But when you read it out of the Word of God, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and the authority of Jesus Christ, you can depend on that. Yes, I will agree with you. I don't know when. I don't know how. I don't know the way. But ladies and gentlemen, there is a promise in the pages of His Word and the wooing of the Holy Spirit and in the lips and the heart of our Savior that Jesus Jesus Christ, you have not seen the last of Him. He is coming in the clouds. He is the one that will open the door to heaven because He is the door to heaven. 
And if you've opened the door of your heart to him down here, he will open the door for you up there. If you have closed the door of your heart on him down here, the door for you will be closed up there. But I wonder if there's anybody in this room this morning, you're glad when God dealt with you, you opened the door of your heart and the king came in and one day he'll open up his home for you and say, come on in. Hallelujah. The Savior will return. Ladies and gentlemen, the next thing on God's prophetic time clock is the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lift up your head, your redemption draweth nigh. Every time I see that bunch get to doing like they did this weekend on the news, I I stick my head out the door and I'm thinking, well, it's any moment now. The Bible is the most update book you'll ever read in your life. Our politicians are way behind the time. And I know they get out on X. You know, it used to be Twitter. Now they've X. They get out on X and say all of these uh, shallow, hollow things about we need peace and we need to get along. And I understand all of that. But there's not going to be any peace anywhere under men and women and boys and girls bow at the feet of the Prince of Peace and recognize him as Lord and Master and Savior. By the way, the reason why you have peace in your heart this morning, you bowed before the Prince of Peace and having made peace through the blood of his cross and he is the God of peace that passeth all understanding. And one day this world will rejoice Receive him and there will be peace. But thou be no peace till the Prince of Peace comes and reigns in holiness and righteousness and sovereign glory. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is coming. And when that trumpet sounds, when that test alert goes out, it's not a test. It is a triumphant sound. The Savior will be, will return. Secondly, according to our text today, the saints, the church, the Christian will be removed. They're leaving out of here. Come up hither, and we shall be called up. The church, the saints will be removed. I was sitting in a restaurant several years ago, minding my own business, trying to. And I heard these people behind me get in a theological discussion. And when I hear that, I do my best. I really do. I do my best to keep my nose out of other people's business. My son taught me that years ago. Dad, life will be much more simpler for you and everybody else if you'll just mind your own business. I said, well, you mind your own business. But every once in a while, it's too juicy not to stick your nose in it. And these people behind me were arguing about who was going to inherit the earth. One said it would be the Mormon church. One said it would be the Jehovah Witness. And, and, and then people talking about they didn't think the Baptist was even going at all. And, and they kept on arguing about who was going to inherit the earth. And I had all I could take. I turned around and I said, can I say something? And by the way, I was going to whether they said I could or not. 
And I think they knew that. They said, yeah, man. I said, I don't care if all of you have it. I don't care if Arthur Smith, Joseph Smith, or Joseph Arthur. I don't care who inherits Atlanta. I don't care who inherits Chicago. I don't care who inherits Egypt. I don't care who inherits Palestine. I don't care who who, uh, inherits the earth because... It's not my home. I'm looking for a new heaven and I'm looking for a new earth. And ladies and gentlemen, when Jesus comes, the saints of God will be removed. Both dead in Christ and both that are alive and remain. Every time I go to my father's grave, I usually have my mama with me. And I, I told my mama, I said, Mama, I ain't got your name on it yet. Please don't make me put your name on it till you actually pass away. I do got under where her name will be. I got on under daddy's. Daddy preached. And where my mama's name is going to be is Mama Prayed. I want people to go by there and know there were two special people laying in that ground right there. And I said to Mama, I, don't, I, I, I dread to think about today. She said, oh, don't dread about me. Just throw me in there, honey. Beside your daddy, we didn't have nothing down here. We might as well rot down there. She said, honey, me and your daddy's holding hands again down Hallelujah Boulevard. She's the only person I ever seen can get a Pentecostal shouting spell in the cemetery. Whoa, hallelujah. And everybody riding by think there's a maniac in the cemetery again. Well, I stand there and I think, can you imagine what it's going to be like When the graves give up their dead. Some of you got daddies laying in them graves. And mamas laying in them graves. Some of you got children laying in them graves. Husband and wives laying in them graves. And grand youngers laying in them graves. And can you imagine what it's going to be like when the Savior comes and the trumpet sounds and them graves give up their dead. Here they come. Resurrected. Mortality shall put on immortality because, hallelujah, death is swallowed up in victory. I was picking at Horace Ford one time at the funeral home. He said, I want you to come back to the selection room. I want to show you this new Batesville we got in. I mean, you know, like I really want to go see the latest edition. I don't like to go back in that room full of caskets. You say they're just empty. I know, but I can see my reflection. We met by there one day and he said, boy, you see this brand new one from Batesville? He said, this is the special. He said, this is it. He said, it's guaranteed, Pastor, not to leak for 50 years. I said, who's going to know the difference? He said, no, he said, I'll put you in that thing. I'll reach in my pocket. I'll get that key and I'll sink you down real good. And when them seals come together, no air, no noise, no moisture. I mean, you are, I said, Ars Wayne Ford, let me tell you something. You may lay me in one of them things. You may put that key in your, out of your pocket. You may sink you down real good. You may dig a hole 50 foot deep, 49 foot of concrete, another foot of gravel and plant 
plant some flowers and then put a tank on top of it. But when Jesus comes in the clouds and calls my name, I will hear that voice and I am coming out of that ground. The dead in Christ shall rise. When Jesus comes, the saints of God will live again. There are some people that I have put in the ground that I'm looking forward to seeing again. I've been pastor here almost 39 years, man. And I've stood right here at this church and our other place and said goodbye to some of the greatest Christians I've ever met in my life. I've stood by their bed when they passed away. I bent their homes and helped the undertakers pull them out of the bed. I even pulled your sweetheart and my buddy out of the front seat of his pickup truck. And I've, I've said goodbye to loved ones. I've said goodbye to church members. I've said goodbye to some of my dearest preacher friends in the last couple of years. I got to thinking, I got to thinking yesterday about Dave McCoy and Larry Brown. If, if they were that crazy in life, can you imagine them dudes with a glorified body? I don't know how they're going to be in heaven and be happy and not play a trick on somebody. I, I, honestly, I can see me going through the gate and Dave and Larry going, we didn't think you were coming. I went to see one of our church members one time and I, I don't want to tell you who it was, but they were up in years and and I was trying to comfort them just days before they went to heaven. And they said to me, Preacher, you don't know how glad I am that I'm going to heaven. I said, well, I'm sure you're glad you're going to see Jesus. They said, kind of. And she said, but what I'm so glad about, most all of my loved ones have gone on before. And if I don't hurry and get there. They'll think I'm a hypocrite and I'd went to hell and I ain't coming. I said, oh no, you're going to make it. God's people are going through. Aren't you glad? Ladies and gentlemen, our friends, our families, our husbands, our wives, our children, our, our friends, our companions. Ladies and gentlemen, the graves are going to give up their dead. The graves will burst forth. And a mighty resurrection, Jesus shouted at the grave of Lazarus. And one man got up. He shouted at Calvary and many of them got up. But ladies and gentlemen, when he shouts the next time, not one, not few, not many, but every child of God that died with their head resting on the finished work of the cross is coming out of that ground. The saints of God will be removed. Those that have died in Christ and those that are alive and remain, whoever it is, wow, we're leaving this world of sin and sorrow. One of these days, it's really going to be goodbye, world, goodbye. And can you imagine what a day that's going to be when the saints are removed and the Savior has returned? I close with this this morning, according to the book of the Revelation. When this trumpet sounds and this voice is heard, come up hither. Not only will the Savior return and the saints be removed, but I must tell you, the rest of the book, the sinner will be rejected. Those that have died without Christ, those who have died rejecting the gospel. You read the rest of this book. They have a terrible fate ahead of them. Number one, to be left behind. 
What a terrible fate. To live in an environment without godliness, salt, and light. To live in a world with no restraining power of the Holy Spirit. And to live in a world where men are unrestrained and they do what is right in their own eyes. And then the demons and the devils of hell unleash from the pit on this world like it's never been. I was listening to one of the leaders of Israel yesterday. And he made this statement, this is our 9-11. He said, this is the worst day in Israel's history, he said, in my lifetime. And he's about my age. About, he said, in my lifetime. And of course, he, he knows history teaches about the Holocaust and, and all the pillage and all the rape and all the sin and all the, all the terrible things they've had to go through. And ladies and gentlemen, if you don't think there's consequences to choices. You remember that day at Calvary? Not when the Roman soldiers, not when Pilate, not when the centurion, but when the chief priest, the scribes, the Pharisees, the Israelites said, uh, crucify Jesus. Give us Barabbas. And Pilate tries to reason with them and said, Wait a minute, this man's innocent. He's innocent blood. And they cried at the foot of the cross. They cried. Let his blood be upon us and our children. Ladies and gentlemen, there are consequences to choices. And one of these days... God's going to open their eyes. And they will come to the realization, oh my, the one we crucified, it's the Messiah. The one we crucified, it's the Christ. The one we crucified, it's the shepherd, it's the branch, it's the vine, it's the fountain. Lord have mercy. It's the king. I've lost weight, but I can't push it that much. He is the Redeemer. And they will acknowledge that. And He'll sit upon the throne. But aren't you glad we that are born again and washed in the blood, we've already done that. We have believed on Him now. We have trusted Him now. We've accepted the Messiah now. And I'm glad I'll be saved forever because of that. But if you're here and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior and your Lord and your Master, won't you do that now? So there'll be no hesitation. You can say, even so, come Lord Jesus. In the next couple of weeks, I'm going to walk you through this book and show you what the church sees, hears, and experiences over on the other side. While the moon staggers like a drunken man. And while the fountains of the water turn to blood. 
And while the beast and the scorpions and the demons of hell are unleashed on this earth to wring vengeance on those who have rejected the gospel, those who have believed in Christ and trusted Him will be together forever around the throne of God. And when you see that throne and the streets and the walls, and when you hear John say, I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. And he said, I saw a number which no man could number. And John said, here's how I'm going to describe them to you. They made their robes pure and white in the blood of the Lamb. You know who I believe that is? If you've been saved today and you know it, raise your hand hell high. God showed John the blood washed will be there. He didn't say those who've joined the church, those who've gone through baptism, those who've accepted the Lord's Supper, those who have washed their garments pure and white in the blood of the Lamb in that moment in your life where you trusted Christ. God took a dirty heart, washed it in clean blood, and now it's whiter than snow, and I got my ticket punched. And I'm glad I'm headed for a land. Won't you go with me? You know, can I say this in closing today? You don't have to go to heaven. If you don't want to, you really don't have to go to heaven. But I got some better news. You ain't got to go to hell. You ain't got to go to heaven. And you don't have to go to hell. But you sure can't stay here. One or the other. And I'm glad John saw me. I'm as good for heaven, glory to God, for I was already there. John saw me in that number when the saints go marching in. I like that song. I love it. It ain't no fun if you're going to sing it slow. You got to sing it fast and somebody beat on a tambourine. I'm glad the saints are going to go in. John saw the rapture. I, I, I can't sing no more. My voice is about shot. They don't even want me singing. But can I rap one? I, I can't do that either. But if I, if, 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 if I just beller out one, will you act like you enjoyed it? Don't make fun of my singing. I'll see you in the rapture, see you in the rapture. I'll see you at that meeting in the air. There with our blessed Savior, we'll live and reign forever. I'll see you in the rapture some sweet day. That wasn't too bad. I'm used to my baby doll singing it with me. I know you're limping today real bad, honey. I'll meet you halfway if you come sing this chorus with me. Will you, baby? She's looking forward to the rapture to get a new hip. We've been singing this together for 39 years.
I'll see you in the rapture. See you in the rapture. I'll see you at that meeting in the air. There with our blessed Savior will live and reign forever. I'll see you in the rapture some sweet day. Mm. Woo! I'm glad, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible's true. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem and long live the King. Let's stand together all over the building. Our Heavenly Father, we love you today. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy. God, we want to pray for your covenant people today. God bless Israel today. Comfort them. Strengthen them. Help them, Lord. Oh, God. We're on the threshold of it all coming together. And help us not to give up now. We're too late to turn back. We're too far. God, help us to continue the journey. Help us to love you, serve you, be a witness for you. The hope of the eternal ages. The rock of our soul, the anchor of our faith. Is your soon return. God, we love you today. We bless you. Thank you for old time salvation. Through the blood of Christ. Thank you for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. We give you praise and glory for who you are. We love you, Lord, because we ask it in Jesus' name. You might just want to come around here today and pray for Jerusalem. Pray for Israel. Pray for your family. Pray for your faith. Pray we'll be a better witness for Christ. Pray we'll be faithful. Ladies and gentlemen, we're on the threshold of the coming of the King. Will the Son of Man find faith when He comes? I trust He'll find you and I today faithful in the vineyard.